Hello and welcome to Love Work, a podcast about relationships. My name is Jerry Sander. I'm a co-host. I'm a therapist in the Hudson Valley of New York. My other co-host is Christy Gaysford, a therapist in Salt Lake City, Utah. And the topic today, what we're going to talk about, are things that we wished had been true, things that we thought were true about relationships, things we were raised to believe were true, basically relationship myths, things like unicorns, like the unicorn sightings or the Bigfoot sightings of the relationship world. Hi, Christy. Hey, Jerry. Okay, so I want to dive into this. My first myth was that relationship was something you had or developed when you came into, say, middle school or high school, maybe a little earlier if that was your bent if you were precocious or something, but that's when you found relationship. But it turns out we're actually born into a relationship. Yes. That took took me a long time to figure out. Isn't that funny? Yeah. With our mother. Yeah. We are born. And in fact, there's a real relationship right there. And you don't have to strive for it or figure it out. I guess you have to figure it out. But suddenly there's someone looking at you and holding you. And that is your first relationship. Yeah. It's true. And it can be really complicated too, especially on the mother's side. Yeah. You want to say more about that? (laughs) Well, I mean, as the baby, it's not like you remember, but as a mother it's it's complicated like you have so many feelings you love this baby so much and you're so tired and frustrated and you don't know what they want and why they don't stop crying and you want so much to do a good job and you feel like you're falling short on a daily basis and and the older they get the more complicated it gets all right, wait, you're really upsetting me here. So you're saying, you're saying my first relationship ever of all time was with someone who's exhausted, um, maybe vaguely annoyed, isn't getting enough sleep, doesn't really know how to perhaps take care of herself, and is, is somewhat ambivalent about my even being here? <laughs> well, maybe she's not ambivalent about you being there, but maybe, yeah. I mean, like she loves me, but, but it's the hardest thing she's ever done. Her whole life wow. got completely changed in one moment so, almost. So whether you're a male or a female, it uh, doesn't matter as much. You've just like been born and perhaps are almost overwhelming someone already. Yeah. And I have a funny story. Yeah. I had my first child in New York city and I took maternity leave trying to decide if I was going to go back. And my, my first baby could not nurse. And I spent like over a thousand dollars on a lactation consultant. And I had to do all this stuff. It was so stressful. Nothing went like I thought it would. Oh my gosh. And I remember calling my boss at work and she said, Oh, it must be so nice to be home. Do you just feel so peaceful and stress-free? And I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you couldn't be more wrong. I've never been so stressed in my life. <laughs> so Wow. Uh, you know, I, you just said great expectations, right? Yeah. So there it is. Great expectations. I'm having a baby. And then what was the reality? 
just <laughs> the most stressful can't thing I've ever done. It. I can't, won't even eat, right? Won't even eat. Can't nurse. Whatever. Got to keep this said. kid alive, right? Yep. Yeah, and you got you have to nurse. They say because you know all the pressure. Everybody. There's yeah. just many things you're trying to figure out. How so suddenly there's it. someone who's going to help you with that for a thousand dollars, and the baby's looking at you like, you know, come on, get with it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't know what to do. Nothing's coming out. It's not working. So then she cries and cries and. Oh <laughs> man! So then the child, the child is dealing with someone who's not only tired, but feeling defeated in the moment and um yeah yeah and yeah. feels like feels like a fraud like oh my gosh i'm supposed to take care of this baby but if she knew how insecure i really feel about this role she would not feel secure <laughs> so there's that did, whole did thing you there. expect that at all when you went into like having a baby you know in terms of great expectations did you expect it to be like that no I think I just bought lots of little cute clothes and prepared the nursery and bought the rocker and got everything set all ready and just thought I'd yeah. figure it out. But I didn't know it'd be so hard to f figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So the baby shows up and does not say, oh, I love the choice of the rocker and the room looks really cute and the clothes are great. The baby just says, Feed me, feed me, feed me now. I'm going to cry. I'm going to kick, right? And I'm not going to sleep all night. Yeah, I'll stay up all night. You think you're going to go to sleep. <laughs> you're not. Another <laughs> story. I remember going to church like six weeks after Yeah. with my baby. And I remember looking around at all the women who were mothers. Yeah. And thinking, you all betrayed me. <laughs> none of Whoa. you all Say said, congratulations none of you said hold on this is gonna be the hardest thing in the world they wow said, congratulations we're so excited for you and i did i felt betrayed like but i mean yeah. i can but wow i just remember thinking none of you told me any of this <laughs> wow almost like a conspiracy like um yeah yeah Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember before my firstborn, when I told people at work that my wife and I were pregnant, you know, they said, oh, um, this is how they talked to a man. Now, go out to eat now. Go out and see movies now. Uh, do fun stuff now. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why are you saying that? And then like, <laughs> after our firstborn was born, I totally got it. It's like, you're not going out to do fun stuff for a long time, buddy. Okay, ready for the next myth. Here we go. Find the right person and you're home free. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good myth. <laughs> now, why, why is that a myth instead of, heck yeah. Why, why is that, why are we saying it's a myth? I mean, you want to find the right person. So what's a myth about it? Because even the even if the person is, is right for you, if they're the best match you could ask for, you're still two separate people. And two people rub up against each other. And there's always differences and irritations and 
no matter how how great it is, you you're not the same person. And so just in that one fact, you're going to come up with all sorts of conflict and have to work through all kinds of differences and expectations, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the reality version of that myth would be like, find the right person and you will have someone who will annoy you and disappoint you at close range for the rest of your life, if you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I always say, find someone who's willing to look at themselves and do the work and have empathy for you. Well, and I think if you come at it, like if you find the right person, it will all work out. It's, it's kind of a really selfish view. It's like, if you find the right person, they'll understand you perfectly and everything will go your way. Yeah. But wait, if you find the right person, they will understand me. Yeah. How? I know how via ESP. Right. And it's not saying you have to make room for both of you in this relationship. You, if you find the right person, you have to really see them and they're going to see you and you have to negotiate because you're two separate people with different value systems, with different ideas, with different desires. And you really have to give each other space and, and respect to make it a relationship where you both have room to be to be happy, to be you. I think if those, if you have those two things, you really can work through almost anything. Um, I want to start with, they will annoy you. I want to start with, you know, they will frustrate you. And because that's a major myth to me is that if you find the right person, it's going to be like a Disney movie. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't, isn't it Terry real who said the 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 person that you find that will complete all your ble- dreams will also be the one to put a burning needle in your eyeball? <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> this is not a, an advertisement for relationships, right? I don't want a burning needle in my eyeball. No, but I think I said to you the other day, uh, relationships give you endless opportunities to be irritated. Yeah. They're endless. (laughs) But it's how do you handle it, right? And how you handle it is exactly and precisely what we cover in our boot camp trainings. Relationship boot camp sounds a little scary. Could you explain to people what it is and what it's not? We have one coming up next weekend, May 15th and 16th. You know, it's one of my favorite things that we do. It's it's a group of people and we come together. It's on Zoom. And I like to say, yes, you have to show up and you have to be somewhat vulnerable, but you don't have to share more than you're comfortable with. But it's a it's a place where we dive into relationships. What makes you you? Why are you the way you are? What was your family of origin like? How are you showing up in your in your relationship and how do you get in your own way and how can you do things differently and get a better outcome? I love that thought. You know, I, I always see people that are trapped between doing things the same old way or the old same way. (laughs) And, and, and we just need some new ways. And if you both learn about it, if, if you come to the boot camp as a couple, you will emerge with a vocabulary and kind of a common plan and really 
can get some energy towards changing it up. If you come to the boot camp as an individual, you will be in the advanced class when it comes to forming a relationship. That's what I think. Absolutely. It brings so much awareness to to everybody that that goes into it that you can't you can't unsee it after you see it. And it does yeah. give you a a pattern and a place to go to instead of because we all get stuck in the same patterns that are unhealthy and unproductive. And what I like about it is that both you and I separately went to the boot camp with our spouses and came back having to learn and practice this stuff. And we know it works. I, I never like it when people talk about, oh, this changed my life. It just feels like so theatrical. I'm not a person to run around saying that, oh, it changed my life so much. This honestly changed my life so much. It because- changed mine too. You know? Why? Yeah, it, it just gave me a whole different way of viewing everything from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to sleep in terms of your interactions with your partner and taking ownership of it and having to take responsibility for it, not waiting for some um, you know, tooth fairy to come in with a magic wand and fix things for me. So yeah. that's why I liked it. It's very empowering. It's it. Mm-hmm. It helps you realize, it gives you such a, a, a new level of consciousness or awareness. Yeah. And so you realize, okay, I am contributing to this and I can change the pattern. I love it. All right. So our next one is May 15th and 16th. It's a Saturday and Sunday. It's 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's like 9 to 4, four. Mountain Time. And you can register... Uh, I think you can access it through our website, loveworkrelationships.com. And um, you won't, you also get a package of written materials that's actually very valuable for the week after and, and the month after. When you say, wait, what was that? You know, you'll be able to just keep it and practice it. And I think we can confidently say we haven't had anyone attend that hasn't been really glad that they did, that hasn't gotten a lot out of it. We've people have really loved it. You won't regret it. Okay, back to our myths. I think the third myth is particularly insidious because it involves a kind of confusion about what's my job and what's your job in a relationship. Um, Internal locus of control versus external locus of control is the fancy terms for it. But um, it plays out in a very particular way. I certainly in terms of my great expectations, thought if I can only get to the place where I find someone who really likes me or loves me, then great happiness will happen every day thereafter because that's their job, you know, in a relationship to make me happy. (laughs) 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 It sounds great, you know? It sounds really good, <laughs> but I mean, um, did you think it went I, both ways, or did you not think? You know what? I wasn't thinking about both <laughs> ways so much. <laughs> I wasn't. I I guess I would have grudgingly admitted. Oh yeah, I, I guess it's my job to make her happy too. But I was narcissistic enough to think more like, well, what about she goes first? You know what? <laughs> She goes first. She gets to make me happy all the time. And then I'll return it, yeah. you know? 
Well, it's really funny. Maybe this is our patriarchal society or, or something, but I thought that too, only the opposite. I thought, oh, I can make him so happy that he'll love being married to me and he'll, he'll give it back because he's so happy that I make him so happy, you know? Like I was prepared. I think that it. is. It is patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about different sides of the same coin totally. here. You know, we, but here's the bad news for women in a traditional heterosexual relationship, particularly in marriage, is both sides agree that the woman uh, has the responsibility to bring happiness uh, to the other partner. Yep. And, and then, you know, that's, that's a kind of traditional sexist assumption. Um, and then if the woman's not, well, then maybe she can work a little harder or, um, go off to individual therapy and get um, not depressed and um, come and, and do it, bring it, you know, bring yeah. the happiness. It, it makes me angry even hearing you say that because <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just, not, it's wrong though. Yeah. Why is it wrong? Um, first of all, we have to acknowledge that a lot of us were raised. Well, that's, that that's what makes me angry because it's still out there. I mean, I still, I still see people like that in my practice where, well, yeah, it's, she's not measuring up to what she should be doing. And I'm, it just hasn't changed enough yet. The patriarchal society is still. So the focus often goes to the woman as to why has she lost heart and is under functioning and, or depressed, um, and the focus goes away from what are these power dynamics and how did these people set it up and what were the expectations they brought in? What were the great expectations that they're so upset about now? Yeah. And I think that's the kind of therapy that you and I do. The RLT therapy looks at the stuff right from the first session. Yes. Yeah. It's, I think it's really powerful the way it's it's set up and the way you can really see where the expectations were yeah. coming from. Thinking back about these myths, it's clear that these are other people's stories. They're not grounded in our own realities. And the type of work that Christy and I do involves looking clearly at our own actual realities and needs, not the things we inherited as fairy tales. And the good news is that the best of stuff can happen once you clear away the way you think it's supposed to be. And that's an act of discovery and creation and imagination that we help people get to every morning, week, month, and year that we're blessed to be alive. I want to thank my co-host, Christy Gaysford. Christy is going to take the lead next podcast. And be sure to check out our website, loveworkrelationships.com. You can find out more about the boot camps there, working with us in couples therapy, individual therapy. Thanks. If you like us, subscribe. We'll see you next time.